What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Hey, how you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm just fine. Let me see. I was just looking. 69 degrees. It's comfy down here, but a little <laughs> cool. It hasn't been warm as uh, we'd hope. It's warming up back home, right? Yeah, and that probably will mean increased warmth for you because that means uh, the cold snap is on the way out. Finally leaving the East Coast. Huh? It's going to be balmy in Philadelphia on Sunday. When do you come back here? Uh, Friday at uh, 11 a.m. Okay, so, so are you in? No, you're not in here Friday because you don't work Fridays. Uh, I, I will be uh, later in the year, but not right now. The, we still have the football fun fest going on. Going through the football season. Yes, yes. Which and, this football season continues to be prolonged by our fighting Vikings. There, so. Are you aware of the local church that's getting national viral uh, hits? The uh, 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 No, but uh, uh, God help us if the Vikings make the uh, Super Bowl. We're going to have so many of these stories that make you relf. Well, this one's, uh, uh, what is it, Rook, <laughs> Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church? Yes. And they have a communications director, uh, Julie Craven, who used to work for Hormel. And she, I think she came up with a great idea. She said, okay. Make any promises in the last 10 seconds? And then there's a Viking logo. <laughs> and then their mass schedule for Sunday. <laughs> okay. It's pretty right. good. It's pretty good. All righty. But yeah. you're right. We're going to get, uh, we'll be inundated, I think, with stories oh, like that. the cuteness will, uh, the Millie, the 99-year-old Millie stories will be, somebody will be calling up and say, my grandmother's 102. She's a bigger fan than Millie is. Mm-hmm. We're going to have all kinds of those stories. So, Somebody told me that Channel 11 has already broken out the Weeping Blondes. No. Yeah, yeah, that they interviewed them. Are they going to Philly? Well, you should have copyrighted the term weeping blondes. Uh, I'm not sure. I might have stolen that from somebody, oh. but uh, it, well. it became. But I popularized <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I popularized, popularized it. And I, as I said, I did the reunion piece uh, on the 10th reunion. And the great part about that was, and I've told you this, that the you've seen the picture and the woman standing up in uh with the other two kind of comforting them what are they now about 70 no 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 they might be 40 but uh i i know uh, at least one of them is a mother by now but uh but the one she's actually blocking out one of the another blonde who was sitting with these two right and so she came down to comfort them when and brian peterson took that photo so you can just see a little hint of this other gal. Well, when we, we did the reunion piece, the gal who was standing up wasn't in the Twin Cities anymore, so we got the original really? in there with the Weeping Blondes when we uh, reshot the photo back in the Metrodome uh, 10 years later. Are we bringing the Weeping Blondes to, uh, are we putting them in the stadium if the Vi- if the Vikings make it? I don't Super know. Bowl? I don't know how it's working. It's not like you can just go out and say, I'm going to buy a ticket. Did you see what the prices are in Philly? Yes. What's wrong with people? Eight, nine hundred bucks, something like mm-hmm. that, for the tickets that are like. I don't want to see a game that bad. Not in, you know. Not, not to get puked not, on by an Eagles not fan in the, either. Uh, right. visiting stadium at that time of night, you know. Joe, you miss the news if you go to that game. Well, how about if you take one of the, how about if you take one of the Sun Country charters, you get home at about two or three in the morning. Well, they're just uh, running you right out to the airport when it's over, huh? Apparently. Hmm. Well. But the, those charter flights do not include a ticket to the game, so you have to make no, that arrangement. No, no you, you I wouldn't know anything about it. No, I didn't. I didn't suspect that you did. Uh, so the uh, the uh, blondes that uh, the smiling blondes that I wrote about uh, Sunday night uh, on a, and it was online in the trip. 
Uh, and what, they were down here for the bachelorette party uh, that I met them at the tiki bar over in uh, Fort Myers Beach. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I got a note from the hubby today, the guy who's going to marry the young lady, Carrie uh, uh, Mickelson. And uh, what, what he said that they're getting married uh, uh, sometime in April, and he wanted to do a Viking theme with the with the whole wedding and uh and the the, the wife wasn't uh, the bride to be wasn't going for it but then i said all right you have to go track down the movie diner and show it to her oh yeah she's got to get the, the test one of the great scenes of all time yeah. when they're giving the bride to be the test if yeah. she can't pass the colts test the baltimore colts test the wedding is it's off, off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the great scenes ever and then they ended up in in uh, colts colors the bridesmaids remember that yeah and what a great movie well the diner was the official movie of monday yes. night sports Talk. oh it was fantastic but the well it's they're all out there walking around in the next room trying yeah. to figure out if she's going to pass the test or not <laughs> to get her cold side. I think she had to get like 80% or something, right? Uh, speaking of being a crazy person and going out of town for a football game in the playoffs, yeah. 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 I forgot to tell you guys this yesterday, but I learned this on Saturday. At, yeah, For those that weren't aware, I traveled to the Jacksonville Buffalo game sure a couple did. weeks ago. Uh, yeah, we covered it. Guess the, uh, who was... Three suites down from where I was sitting, and I did not learn this until Saturday. I have no idea. O.J. No Simpson. Really? really? He was in attendance. Really? I'm showing Rook the photo what? that that's was sent him. to that's me. That's O.J. That's what was OJ. your weather like for that game? It was beautiful. It was low low 60s, upper 50s for the day. A oh, little boy. a little breezy, but it was yeah. it was a great day. So who was entertaining O.J.? See, I don't know because I, I'm fairly certain he was not affiliated with the team in any way. I don't know if he was there with some business buddies or, or why he was or who he was there with, but apparently they were kind of told to keep it on the down low. That okay. OJ was in attendance at the game because they didn't want. So we didn't do any crowd shot. We didn't do right. any. Uh, we didn't scan the uh, suites to get a photo. No, of him, so no. In fact, because he there was a couple pictures of him. You know, he was mm-hmm. in one tailgating lot, and there was one of him at the at the actual game. You think that no idiots port? trying to get back his Buffalo status? Are they that desperate that they would acknowledge his knucklehead? Well, he was wearing a Lashawn McCoy jersey really? at the game. <laughs> <laughs> Did we? We never. Th- what we do with him in Canton? They didn't. Uh, they didn't take the plaque. Down, I don't think they? so. I, I, you know, why would you take the plaque down? You can only uh, take that Heisman away if you kill your <laughs> wife and a waiter. Yeah, yeah Charles Woodson. Uh, they can never take that Heisman away. Oh my God. Unless you kill your ex-wife and a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, you know what our Timberwolves did last night, uh, Joe? They kept us humble. They, they, they made sure that we don't get, that those Timberwolves fans don't get too giddy. They lost to a team that had won once since December 28th. Really? And at what, what was it, Chris? They had two nine-game losing streaks <laughs> yes. in like the last six weeks. And uh, the uh, Timberwolves managed to uh, lose to them. And apparently... Just absolutely stunk it out. Was well, Butler, Butler was, was not so happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, the guy Butler was guarding scored 36 points, though, or huh. something. Said Butler and Butler took the blame for that. He said he's happy they lost, right? That was great. We deserve to lose. I'm happy, he said, that we got what we deserved because we haven't accomplished anything and we think we're good. So, 
But that was uh, that was a disgusting defeat. Well, I, I like the fact homestand. I like the fact they got a guy in the team who'll point that out. Yes, oh, I do too. Yeah, yeah. it's great. It's great. But uh, boy, what a stinker to to play like that at home and then go down and play that team. That you know, all you got to do is get twelve ahead of them right off the bat, and they're going to stop playing. So. Where'd they put the arena down there? Right out on the freeway. Well, this is their second one, Joe. Oh, really? They, yeah, they came in the same time we did. They built a new one, and then they uh, that was off the freeway, yes, and then they uh, built one downtown. They've already, this is their second one. Are they downtown now? I believe they are. I think they're downtown. Hmm. But I know they're in their second arena. Yeah, they got the, the original was, uh, didn't have a proper number of suites, I guess. So. All right. I haven't been in downtown Orlando in many, many years. <laughs> no, no. Uh, we uh, we spent some time down there, though. It was uh, not, not much to write home about downtown Orlando back then. No, for every spring training, I managed to stay at Winter Park, Florida, which was a lovely, uh, oh, yes, a lovely, lovely little, little area. Town. The Beef and Bottle, a fine restaurant. Yeah, there, long yes. gone, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. You know that? The Beef and Bottle. Yeah, it was a great little restaurant. That's and a great a, name. It's a cute little Florida town uh, where the uh, rich folks uh, spend the winter, uh, Reavers. Okay. And when you go in there, I remember going in there several times for dinner, and you'd always see the table with the five 80-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And four were women, and there was one guy. Yep. <laughs> and you always said, you know what? They outlive us, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I kept thinking, hey, yes, it's a rarity. You know, every every old 85-year-old rich guy in there to have four or five gals with them because they all were widows. So. And they were getting a tire, they were getting tired of dragging Harold around, too. <laughs> yes, I bet they were. <laughs> they couldn't shake him every dinner hour. Mm-hmm. See, why don't we take a break and be back in just I got a, a, I got a hot item for you. Yeah, you saved it. All right. Okay. On this day in history, Joe, yeah. a prototype of the Corvette was unveiled 1953 at the GM Motorama Auto Show at the Waldorf Astoria in New York City. I'll be darned. And uh, a guy named Harley Earl. Yeah, he was the uh, designer. He was the guy. He was the head designer, and he wanted to come up with a two-seat sports car. The uh, when they the original one, you know what the horsepower was? Uh, One hundred and fifty. Yeah, <laughs> could barely move. Thirty five hundred bucks for the uh, original. They started coming off the assembly line on June thirtieth, nineteen fifty three. Thirty five hundred bucks, but that did not include a heater or an AM radio. Yeah, that was extra. No, and they're and, now highly sought after. And in uh, they they what they. I, I read they uh, they made 10,000 of them the first year, and they only sold 3,500, and they were going to put the fork in it. And then the Thunderbird came along in 1955, and they didn't want the Thunderbird, to, you know, Ford to get all the good uh, publicity for the Thunderbird, so they kept making it. And here's a guy. You ever hear of Zora Arcus Dantov? Yes. He was, uh, boy, you do know your uh This your is all new to me, Pat, so I, I'm, I'm uh, interested. Uh, Zora is the guy that said, okay, uh, let me work on this. We'll come up with a more powerful engine, and mm-hmm. uh, the rest is history. And that's when he invented the Corvette Z, the mark of Zorro. <laughs> no. No? no? No. One reason it became very popular, I read, Yeah. the TV series Route 66. Yep. 
uh, with uh, Martin Milner and George Maharis started in 1960, and they were uh, traversing the country in a Corvette. I never and, could uh, uh, get those two. St- were they detectives? Or they were just they were highway adventurers. Bombs. They yeah. just kind of dr- come into town and somebody would say, hey, can you help us solve this uh, dilemma here? But, yeah, they uh, were always in a vet. Yeah, they well, had the vet. how could they go across the country without a radio or a heater? <laughs> no. Well, by then they had oh. By then they had okay. yeah. And <laughs> that, of course, what we didn't have then was freeways. So the right. way to get across the country was Route 66. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Route 66. Route 66. you prefer. I've been on uh, an original portion of Route 66. In fact, I stood on the corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. It was a girl, wow. my lord, in a flatbed floor <laughs> slowing down to have a look at me. Did you? On, uh, did you? I bet you went to Winslow just to see what it was, uh, what they were talking about. Yes, exactly. Okay, because okay. you asked well, why they could get away with it, right? Wasn't that your main question, Joe? Get away with what? Well, all the merchandising and things like that. that they oh, were... there was a there was a store there that sold just endless uh, tchotchke, key rings, and stuff. And I I thought, I wonder why they don't have to give a taste to the Eagles for that. <laughs> and apparently they did. They don't have to. See, so, there's a fellow been waiting here. Uh, Bill, go ahead, please. Yeah, hi boys. I, I suppose you're kind of getting tired of uh, the miracle catch. No, not but at all. Come, well, I happened to come across. Uh, I think it was yesterday's Star Tribune. They had an article in here from a uh, a writer from uh, Philly. All right. He's talking about how uh, basically about how they lucked out in their game and how the Vikings lucked out. But he has. A, I'll be quick, bro, guys. But he had some interesting points in the Viking game. He just basically says here, uh, the uh, Keenum, uh, he heaved up a pass and Diggs made the play, but the uh, cornerback should have just tackled him, and that, and the game should have been over, and we'd all we'd all be celebrating Breeze and his comeback victory. That's well, true. that's exactly goes, right. Well, then he goes on to say, Patrick, uh, real quick here, he goes on to say, but that's not what happened because. Rookie safety Marcus Williams, given the choice of remaining upright or wrapping up digs or taking out the receiver's legs as he returned to earth, did neither. He abandoned all fundamentals, put his head down, and whiffed. Yes, well, entirely, and he missed the guy entirely, and well, we all saw what happened. You had to go to Philadelphia to find this information out. Okay, well, we all kind of saw the same thing, but uh, yeah, but who's I, I don't the think writer? He was really I think he I think he encapsulated this better than anything everybody any anybody else has. Okay. Thank you. All right, sir. I think you I, I think we're all pretty well established what happened. Yeah. 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 Well, we, Surprise. we still don't know why, but we we still don't know why. I still don't know what just happened. I don't know what just happened. I really don't. Yes. All I can say is give it to God cuz without him nothing nothing is possible and I wouldn't be here so yeah. Damn that Feel good. <laughs> That's a great so, quote. So he said he gives all the glory to God. Yeah. And then he throws out a cuss word. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. There was a but player, okay. and it wasn't the Viking game, but there was a there was a player that mentioned something on Twitter. You know, I give all my thanks to God, and the tweet of God replied to that said, "I had nothing to do with it. Wasn't watching the game." You know? <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> do you think God was even watching? Do you think God cared? I don't think. Well, God God's cared. probably a football fan, don't you think? Let's yeah, say, let's say the Vikings. Violent. Let's say the Vikings make it to the Super Bowl, just for yes. the sake of argument. Yes. How many? Uh, Tickets will be held by Minnesotans. Well, here's the good news. The uh, the people, the Vikings, 
as the home team, I mean, as the home site, are taking care of a fair share of their, you know, they can get a share of those tickets, okay? All right. You know, at least the suite holders and some of those. They may not be keeping their suites, but they're going to get in the stadium. And then they get one of the two team shares. So it's going to be a higher number uh, than it would be if you're playing and the game was being played in Tampa. There's going to be more tickets available for Minnesota people here because as the host team, they were going to get some tickets. And now... As and then if they're the uh, you know if they're one of the participating teams they'll get some tickets too. So, but I don't think if you're uh, did they uh, did they run a lottery or anything for them? Johnny had the news story a while ago. They have to I believe they have to wait until the official conclusion of the game. The way I the way I oh, interpret to announce it. Uh, yeah to the season ticket the... holders will be placed at a third party will run a lottery system in which. All current season ticket holders um, get a chance at at tickets mm. for the game. Mm-hmm. That's the way I understand. But it. I got a hunch if you got one of those biking suites that cost two hundred grand a year, yeah, yeah, you're getting some tickets. I think I would hope so. Yeah, somewhere in the stadium, you're getting some tickets. Sports talk will return shortly. Here's John Height in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Sunny and 26 degrees. Uh, one traffic thing I do want to mention, because Bruce didn't leave me much time there. Uh, there is an accident. Uh, it's the only problem really right now. Crash on 94 eastbound at Victoria Street. Uh, the left lane is blocked in that area, and uh, things are not moving, if you look at the camera. Both Again, ways are pretty stop yeah, and go. 94 eastbound, and uh, the westbound looks like maybe a gawker situation. So if you're headed that way, keep that in mind. Uh, here's what's going on. You guys were talking about the ticket thing, the Vikings ticket thing. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings will have a computerized raffle this week, and that will be operated by an outside third party to figure out which season ticket holders get a chance to buy seats, the majority of which cost $950. The, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm out. Odds, the odds of the raffle will be weighted based on the number of season tickets owned and the years a person has had the seats. The league allocates 20% of all tickets to each participating team. You subtract for the extra media space, the suites, and tickets given to team friends and family members. The number of available tickets for season ticket holders to buy uh, still should be in the thousands. If season ticket holders who win do not want to buy the tickets, additional winners will be randomly picked, and they'll announce uh, folks, if the Vikings win on Sunday, they'll announce the folks who are eligible on Monday. So aren't we expanding the size to about 70? Aren't we going to turn? Is it only 65? For the uh, game, for I, don't, the game I don't know yeah. that. I don't think they're expanding okay. it. Yeah. May, well, okay, they might so be expanding some so of the media. So we got twelve. Areas. We should get twelve thousand. We should get twelve thousand tickets, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way I got it figured. Plus, we don't get any as the home team, though, huh? I oh, mean, as you're the, all as the host, challenging the football gods here. As the host, <laughs> oh yeah, we are. There's no doubt about it. Uh, speaking of bringing people into the stadium, I, should we have received our? Um, Press passes already, or no? <laughs> I we, think I keep I, checking I, my box every why day. Why don't you just send Goodell a, a note and say that you know? I'll drop like my to, text. You'd like to be there. You yeah. could be the guy that dresses up like a superhero. Yeah, dress up maybe. like. What we need to do? Hey, dress up like Millie. Jump in front of her and walk in. And I'm going to say I'm 105. I'm yeah. pretty good shape. Get this kid out of my way. <laughs> Take that, Billy. Uh, former Twins note today, the Cubs have agreed to a two-year deal to bring back Brian Dunsing. He had wow. A, yeah, he had a pretty good year last year. Six, he did. 62 and a third innings, finished with a 2.74 ERA, 
Five postseason appearances that gave up one run. Uh, if finalized, uh, the contract would guarantee $7 million, according to John Heyman. Nobody's more surprised by this than Brian Dunsey, <laughs> one of the most self-deprecating oh. big leaguers I'd ever been around. What did he say one time? Okay, I can't believe it. I don't know how I get anybody out. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know how I'm getting anybody out. Oh, that's great. Man, he's a great guy. <laughs> Uh, news notes from today. The chairwoman of Minnesota's Republican Party is seeking a commission from large donations to supplement her salary in what campaign finance experts <laughs> call an unusual arrangement. A memo obtained by the Associated Press today shows Jennifer Carnahan requesting a 10% payout from large contributions. Her memo to party leaders requested the commissions for the period from October 2017 through at least April 2018. An accompanying chart showed Carnahan would get an immediate $24,500 payout. Carnahan argued that her annual salary of 67 grand is below market value and she's not personally wealthy like some party leaders in other states. Matthew Pagano, the executive director of Minnesota's Republican Party, didn't comment directly on the request but told the AP that salary adjustments are normal for state party chairs. He says the Minnesota GOP is in a strong financial position for the upcoming election. Party leaders are due to consider Carnahan's request tomorrow. I thought you got those jobs because you wanted to help your party win elections. That's what I always thought. I didn't think it was a profit mongering, but that's just me. <laughs> St. Paul Winter Carnival's Ice Palace is progressing well. Park construction says. I thought we weren't going to do it. Oh, we're oh, selling yeah, we blocks got, ice. You got a modest yeah. uh, castle. We're, okay, back now, back we're not getting the one we wanted, though, no. right? The no. original one that was going to make the rest of the world jealous. This no. is what like a real estate agent would call cozy. Yeah. It's a cozy ice castle. We're getting a starter castle. <laughs> right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> three, of the, uh, three of the six towers are already complete with tops. And Mayor Melvin Carter announced that Ecolab has partnered with the Winter Carnival to sponsor the palace. So now it's called the Ecolab Ice Palace. Wow. Uh, how about that? Construction on the palace began about a week ago. It's expected to be 70 feet tall, weigh between three and three and a half million pounds. Although its target completion date was scheduled for January 25th, contractors say it might be finished as early as this Saturday evening. Update. How's Mayor Carter doing there, uh, Mayor Suture? I have no comment. He's already bringing <laughs> okay. businesses together, Ecolab. He's already having them That's build right. us a starter a Very important thing for the city here. An update from a story from last hour. St. Kate's University now says it was an arsonist. Responsible after multiple fires broke out on the campus today. St. Kate's Public Safety Department and Deputy St. Paul Fire Chief said luckily no injuries reported. Uh, the fires were contained at various halls around the school. St. Kate's says fire and police officials on campus are still investigating. And uh, they're asking if anybody knows anything about uh, how these fires started, they should call the school's public safety department. If they, if they hadn't fired the security guard, this wouldn't be happening. That's right. Forgot about Shot him. Himself. He had a bit of an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, yeah, he did. Uh, turns out rats may not have been responsible for spreading the plague, or Black Death, as it's called in medieval Europe. So they got a bad rap, Johnny? That's right. The fake news? A, it's fake news? Yeah, rats, <laughs> rats got a bad rap. Turns out uh, the disease, disease may have spread from person to person through human-feeding parasites, including fleas and lice, according to a new study. The Which, of course, lived on the rats, but we're not blaming them, right? <laughs> the findings challenge the assumption that plague in Europe was spread by rats, the researchers writing in their study. Uh, if you'd like to read that study, it's in the Proceedings of the <laughs> National Academy of Sciences. I get that oh, magazine. Okay. Yeah. Plague is caused by a bacterium called Yersinia pestis, which is carried by rodents and their fleas. 
The disease is perhaps best known for killing about one-third of the population in Europe in the 1300s during a pandemic called the Black Death. However, researchers are unsure of exactly how the disease was transmitted during that pandemic. So, John, yes. are, you, are you an expert in any way on the plague? Because, I uh, don't consider I myself mean, one, no. If somebody in the family got it, were you pretty well out of luck that I think it was so, going to spread then? I think, so. I think you're in trouble. It wasn't like three. you'd go to Walgreens and get anything <laughs> for it. Right. Give me some of that plague off, will you? One out of three. Wow. Yeah. That's no flu thing. shots back then. Either, no. Man. Sri Lanka's government has reinstated a ban on women buying alcohol and being employed in places where drinks are produced and sold. They say it's in line with the country's cultural values. That decision came... You know what they're doing? Hmm. They're changing the culture. (laughs) (laughs) The decision The classic case. (laughs) Nearly a week after the finance minister revoked the 38-year-old ban, government spokesman and health minister Wajitha Senarath... Oh, I Not a boy. This. Whoever she Senna is. Senna Rathana. I think it's a he. Oh. You know what they could get you back there, though, during the Black Plague? They what? could get you a nice leech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's we'll true. let the leech yeah. suck the poison yeah. out. That's right. <laughs> Don't nice worry. Leech. I'll be right yeah, over I gotta, with gotta, the leech. I'm going to sell you a nice leech. <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got a good one. Yeah, it's a nice one. <laughs> Health minister said its removal violated the country's cultural and moral uh, values. Uh, they're correcting Brian Wilson's days from Hawthorne High School in California. Brian, of course, the leader of the Beach Boys. Well, he got an F in his music class when he was a senior. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the mark was for an assignment that would eventually become the Beach Boys' first single, Surfing. Yeah. Uh, Brian wrote a composition for me. It turned out to be Surfing, says the teacher, Fred Morgan. He said that composition got an F, but it made Brian a million dollars. Now Hawthorne High has made amends for Morgan's poor foresight by reversing that old grade. The school's current principal, Dr. Vanessa Landisfiend, invited Wilson back to his old high school over the weekend to officially change that F to an A. Did Brian show up? Apparently he did, yes. Really? Apparently, yeah. Oh, I might got, him de- out, got him out of his room. My D- minus went to a room D for plus. A while, oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, the widow of Glenn Fry has filed a lawsuit against the hospital that treated the ex-Eagle, alleging wrongful death. In the suit filed in the New York Supreme Court, Cindy Fry names the Mount Sinai Hospital, Icon School of Medicine, as well as Dr. Stephen Itkowitz. It says the suit, at all times herein mentioned, the defendants each undertook and agreed to render medical care and treatment to Glenn Fry and did render certain care starting on October 19, 2015. It alleges the defendants were negligent and careless in their services rendered. According to the suit, they failed to promptly and properly render medical care, causing, permitting, and allowing preventable injury. As a result of the foregoing acts of negligence, Glenn Fry was rendered sick, lame, and disabled, suffered injuries, pain, mental anguish, and was disabled until the time of his death. The suit does seek unspecified damages. Fry died on January 18th in 2016, at the age of well, 67. And she's got a case. Did you guys hear what the doctor said? No. Man, come on. I had a rough <laughs> night, and I hate the f***ing eagles, man. No. I don't think that was him. Yeah. I, I think, think a lot of those no. guys wake up, and their liver has just remembered the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kind of yeah. weakens them, doesn't it, in the long run? Yeah. Oh, it has to. Yeah. I get it in the long run. I threw in another yeah. one there. Oh, there wow. But I didn't even yeah, catch it. Yeah. Nicely done. Right, just a moment. Just a moment. Uh, you got to go to our sports talk website on the, on the 
1500. 1500ESPN.com. There we go. Attaboy. 1500ESPN.com. The sports talk page. Uh, there's a video. Oh, God. <laughs> it's a referee at a high school basketball game. A kid passes the ball about half court and uh, hits the referee in the head, and it knocks the referee's toupee off. <laughs> <laughs> We know. Was this Iowa, John? I didn't see a state. I, did I don't. You, Chris? Yeah, I did no. not see a state right. either. I'm Technical not sure. foul? No, the, the ref actually casually <laughs> retrieves the toupee, puts it back on his head. He's standing right by one of the benches, and the players are trying desperately not to laugh. And uh, and then he also, the, my favorite part is one of the kids playing has a smile on his face, and as the ref walks by, he gives a little pat on the shoulder, like, like "Hey, like, it'll be okay, it'll be big okay, fella." Pal. But uh, you, you want to go watch that? It's very, uh, very. I'll tell funny. you, back in the St. John, St. Thomas days, when you can taunt, I don't think the rats in St. John's would have let him off the hook that easy. No. I, I think we might. have. But he just so casually, Pat yeah. just kind of turns around and goes. Well, better pick uh, this up. You know, I got to get better glue. I got to get better glue for this. Uh, is it a bad looking toupee? It, it, it is, only because yeah. it was a blonde top, but it looked like he had darker yeah. hair underneath. Oh, underneath. Okay. Yeah. It was a bad scene. Yeah. <laughs> he had the, the, the ring of friendship, you know, the, the, exactly. the top, but he had the hair kind of growing around. He had a theme problem, didn't he, Joe? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. 1500ESPN.com, the sports talk page. Why is, is it invariably at? that guys who wear those things look much better without them. I don't know. Who gives a bleep? Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Garbage collectors in the Turkish capital of Ankara have opened a public library filled with books that had been thrown away. Hmm. Library created inside of an abandoned brick factory is composed of items once des- destined for the landfill, including the shelves that hold the thrown away books and paintings that decorate the wall. Library's collection was gathered by sanitation workers for months and then later expanded by residents who began helping out by donating books. The 6,000 available books include everything from fiction, nonfiction, kids' books, comic books, books used for scientific research, and books in different languages like English and French. Each book needs to be sorted and checked before it's made available at the library with a stamp of approval. The books are loaned out two weeks like a normal library at a time uh, with time extensions available if needed. One Ankara resident said, I'm sad to see that these books are thrown into the garbage, but our society needs to show more awareness, and uh, this is helping out. Kind of a cool story. I think it's an excellent story, John. They're trying to help save the earth. Well, and weren't you referencing earlier um, football movies that are made after... Uh, football teams mm-hmm. are about with the football team as the focus, not yeah, just a scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is one that we missed. Uh, this was in 1998, and it uh, <laughs> starred Tony Danza and Jessica Tuck. It was the garbage picking, field goal kicking <laughs> Philadelphia phenomenon. <laughs> so the guy was a sanit. Tony Danza was a sanitation worker, and he somehow gets. Uh, Got a gig with the Eagles. yeah, and he's a kicker, and you know there's some embarrassment. He's garbage, but he's a was a really good kicker. I didn't know that about Tony Danza. Is that real? Really? Yes, that's a real movie, 1988, um, okay. and you've seen it. That's yeah. a, a uh, shot. Yes, it was pretty good. I mean, it's Rotten Tomatoes didn't give it its due process, but I think if you watch it, you watch it this weekend yeah. for a little football yeah. fix, you'll yeah. be entertained. All right, very good. Yeah. Hey Johnny, yeah, yep. did you see that the situation? Ended up uh, getting uh, uh, convicted of uh, or pleading guilty to tax evasion. No. Yes. 
What are you talking the about? The guy the from Jersey Shore. The guy oh. from Jersey Shore. The Proud greatest, to say I don't know who The greatest Joe. nickname in history. The guy's nickname was The Situation. That's right. It made no sense. Mike something The Situation. The Situation. <laughs> Pat, I know an establishment that will go nameless here in the Twin Cities that paid him Ten thousand dollars <laughs> just to show up and hang out at the well, height of the Jersey re- Shore. He must not have reported it. That's <laughs> what I'm guessing. He had a few of those that maybe went unreported. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I was glad to hear you ask that, Joe, because I looked at Chris and went, "Huh?" Yeah. <laughs> well, my uh, morning partner back then in the in the days when uh, Jersey Shore was riding high, uh, Mr. Coles, sure. was madly in love with Jay Wow. I thought it was Snooky. Wasn't he a Snooky? No, dude? no, Jay Wall. Jay Wall. Jay Wall. Okay. Who was buxom? He loved Jay Wall. Joe, you taking notes? Did she here? have ample assets? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> she was a big girl. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in, in <laughs> the in the in the. In the uh, I know in, what you mean. Uh, Jay oh, yeah, liked those yes. big gals. Yes. In Colorado Springs, Colorado, a marijuana club owner capitalized on a combination of pot and sex over the weekend. A controversial cannabis sex party. Was he in the St. Kate's uh, woods over there in St. Paul? Where <laughs> <laughs> you get a combo of those? Jamin Johnson is the owner of the Speakeasy Vape Lounge and Cannabis Club, and he insisted the whole thing was legal. People visiting the club usually spend their time rolling joints, smoking weed, and playing video games. Saturday called for something a bit different. Johnson said various groups have approached him over the past five years trying to find a way to mix pot with sex. On Saturday, after Johnson said he checked with Colorado Springs officials on legality, the party happened. Johnson said everything went fine. Reaction on social media, that wasn't fine. Many people expressing outrage and disgust. Johnson said he gets away with hosting the group members and their alternative lifestyles because his business is considered a private club. One now considered the first of its kind in Colorado. And he says, yes, he'll be happy to consider hosting more of those sorts of parties. Okay. Uh, update to a story we had, boy, what, five years ago, maybe? Uh, remember the woman who was injecting uh, people's butts oh, to yeah. make them bigger? And Fake she, butt doctor. Yeah, yeah and unfortunately Didn't she... did she use, like, bathroom cock or something like that? She ended up killing uh, <laughs> one of the women, remember, because uh, it broke. I believe it was silicone yeah. of yes. some sort. Was it in Boca mm-hmm. Raton, Florida? Uh, it was in Georgia. Georgia. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, the doctor, who was serving a life sentence in prison for that death, has now herself... Uh, passed away. Oh. She died in prison. They're trying to determine the cause of death. If you don't remember, it's 58-year-old Tracy Lynn Garner. Uh, she was three and a half years into her life sentence. She was convicted in 2014 of murder after Karima Gordon died eight days after getting silicone butt injections from Garner in Mississippi. Authorities say Gordon died of a blood clot in her lung a few days after the procedure. Gordon was referred to Garner by Natasha Stewart, an adult entertainer who went by the name Pebbles. Stewart was later convicted. Okay. This of, sounds like a country song, doesn't it? She died in prison. Stewart was later convicted of manslaughter in Gordon's death. And, uh, and Pebbles was never the same. A story from Australia. Joe, I know you had this on GL, but uh, a farmer was forced to ride his motorbike holding his head upright with his hair after he fell and broke his neck on his property at West Gippsland. That's a tough guy. That's, yeah. uh, that's a farmer right there. 73-year-old reportedly checking his farm for grasshoppers when he hit a small hollow and went over the handlebars, landing on his head and breaking his neck. The beef farmer, identified only as Jim, told local TV he cracked his head but wasn't knocked out by the fall. He said, I got to my feet and I knew there was something seriously wrong. My head wouldn't stay up. The pain hurt so much I just held it up by my hair. 
He was taken first to the Dandelong Hospital. So he's walking along with his hand holding his head on? <laughs> That's yeah. correct. No, he yes. better than that. He rode his motorcycle, motorcycle. back okay. to the farmhouse. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> he was taken then to the hospital, transferred to Austin, where doctors confirmed he had fractured his top two vertebrae. C1 and C2. He what kept is, saying to himself, what is wrong I with like you? that, huh? You I like bet that? He's, what is wrong with you? I bet, I, bet, I bet he's a little handier around the house than me. I think right. so. I think so. Once Probably. again, proves to me that no matter what you do in Australia, it, something's trying to kill you. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's true. Just right. checking for grasshoppers on your farm. Yeah. Something, yeah. Somebody's trying to kill right. you. All right, just a moment, please. As soon as we do, do you, this. Do you go to the box, you no, know? No, no. Uh, two minutes by yeah. yourself, and you feel shame, and then you get free. Hey, or, Pat. Uh, we got uh, <laughs> Trevor May. He's uh, he's going to be talking some uh, some hoops. Oh. Uh, Hello. Hello. Yes. Play ball. <laughs> Green. <laughs> yes. What do you I have was, coming I up? Was, I wandered. Well, uh, we Trevor May was going to be live here in the press box, but he just informed me he forgot and he started cooking. So we're going to call him at home uh, down here in Fort Myers, and then uh, we're going to have a uh, uh, Matthew Collar and Herm. Herm Edwards will be with us in the 5 o'clock hour, and then Matthew will tell us what was going on out at Winter Park today. Uh, which should be uh, informative because uh... – this this excitement will just build back up again starting tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, it will. Well, uh, today, actually, because uh, and uh, Wednesday is, uh, you know, that's the big media day out there. So 1,500. All kinds of stuff. ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis, 24. As prices keep creeping up, your entertainment budget doesn't have to take a hit. Live One Plus has all the music you love, ad-free for only $3.99 per month. Dive into Live One's massive library of songs, listen to curated playlists, or create your own. Check out exclusive artist-hosted stations and do it all for the best price in streaming. Lock in a Live One Plus membership for just $3.99 per month now, and you'll not only beat inflation, you'll get all your favorite music ad-free. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 3. It was my first time traveling alone. Packed my car with hiking boots, a camera, and my dog, Randy. I don't know what I was searching for. Maybe it was something new with adventure. Maybe it was the idea of vacation I would never expect. Filled with wildlife, national parks, rivers. Whatever it was I set out to find, it was all there and more. Because there's so much South Dakota. So little time.